welcome back to uh, Mediums in Action, and it's a very, very special Christmas version, so if you can hear little jingle bells at the moment, uh, you're not going mad. Uh, it is actually our Christmas version, and the jingle bells mean that it is Christmas, and uh, shaking those jingle bells is, is my good friend and medium, Ian Doherty. Hello, Martin, and uh, thank you for the nice warm welcome, and uh, a Merry Christmas to everybody, whether you follow it or uh, not. I wish you the best at this time of year. I, I know you're not a huge follower of astrology, but next year seems to be a little bit more grounded rather than sort of people's plans being up in the air and, and governments being in disarray, apparently, next year. Certainly in the second half, we'll see a more grounded aspect. How do you feel spiritually things are happening? Spiritually, I do feel there's a, a, quite a surge forward. You know, where I do feel, and we had a little chat about this a little while ago, you know, there's the wanting to know about spirit. There's a wanting to know, you know, other than taking the faith aspect of uh, world religions, you know, and I think people want to find out their own answer uh, about spirituality, you know, and I, and I do feel there's a big push forward there. There seems to me very much of a creative um, sort of uh, flow that seems to me to be going January through to the month of March. So I do believe opens new doors for a uh, lot of people. There's, it's almost like having the, the uh, what's that, I can't remember what the tarot card is, you know, where you have the high priest where he's searching for something, divination. I feel that is very typified or will be typified in April for a lot of people. So I think they're going on soul journeys for want of a better way. I certainly feel that this last two, three years, it's got stronger and stronger that people are looking for uh, sort of uh, secular beliefs and, and looking at spiritualism, looking at um, all, all of these um, sorts of peripheral beliefs rather than looking at uh, established religion. So I think there's a big move. I think even paganism is uh, kind of suffering in a way. I think people are trying to find their own path. I think there's, I, I do believe that's going to be a major change, but of this year, particularly what's happening now in France and that, uh, I do feel there's a wake-up call where people are sick of it, so they want, you know, they don't want to be, I wouldn't say under the thumb, that's sort of putting things uh, a little bit too, to call it stricter purpose, but I just get the sense that um, people are standing up and thinking, well, we we can have more, we're, we're more in charge, and you know, and we've got that right to ask questions, you know, so I feel that that comes into 2019. Yeah, I, I certainly feel that. And I think from Spirit's point of view, there is this uh, feeling that there is going to be a larger increase in uh, spiritual matters. And, and I think that's certainly our part to play as well, where as people who communicate with Spirit, it's not a religious uh, sort of point of view in that we've got to bang the drum and, and, and generate as many followers as possible. But certainly uh, to be there to offer people advice and let them find their own feet. And certainly it comes back to that, what we're saying. If we can give people a good foundation, then they can move on and kind of formulate their own belief systems as well. Yeah, definitely with you on that one. So over Christmas, I think, um, I, I, I don't know how you feel about Christmas and, and ghosts. I, I know sort of traditionally, uh, I, I don't know if you know this, Ian, but Traditionally with ghosts, uh, people at around one o'clock in the afternoon um, after the Christmas dinner, this, we're talking sort of uh, Regency period, Victorian period, people would retreat uh, round a piano or round the fire and they would start to tell ghost stories. It was a tradition for 100, 200 years uh, to tell ghost stories on Christmas Day 
So now, obviously, that's been replaced by the EastEnders Christmas special. <laughs> um, uh, for our American uh, listeners, EastEnders is a uh, is a soap opera which has a very very bleak uh, Christmas episode every year. But yeah, it was it was a time uh, far more associated to ghosts than it is now. But we still have people questioning and saying why. Do I feel spirit more around Christmas? Um, are our loved ones around us more around Christmas than any other time? I mean, what's your feelings about it, Ian? Well, certainly from a spiritual and a spiritualist point of uh, point of view, you know, um, Christmas is uh, you know the time for family to get to work, get to work together, and when there's an upsurge in feelings, because the it may be through work situations or. Um, you know, situations that stop family being in that same place. Getting together is such a relief. It's an outpouring of feeling. We can say sorry for any past uh, harm or issues. And I do feel family in spirit want to be part of that. They want to encourage it. They want to be, you know, very, very much in evidence, you know. And I do feel, uh, particularly those uh, those who've been through loss leading up towards Christmas, then, you know, it's a, it's a very, very special special time and their thoughts naturally go over to loved ones and therefore that those loved ones naturally gravitate closer because thoughts are with them you know so I feel it's a very magical time not in the sense of Santa but in the in the sense of you know ghosts of Christmas past and uh, the present you know and I just get the sense it's all the niceties the feelings emotions everybody uh, you know, we get it through coaches, we get it through the media. Everybody wants to get close. They want to feel that, you know, the family singing carols, as you said, in the uh, in the uh, Victorian era, and be uh, be around the central log fire and just have just have fun. And I, I do feel that's that is the essence of what spirit want to uh, want to uh, teach. You know, is um, helping each other, be there for each other. So I feel. It's a natural graviation. That's not to say, of course, that spirit are not around us for the other parts of the of, of the year. But I do feel it's it is much closer with the feelings, oblique emotions that come of the Christmas time. I think also as well is the connection there, where we are in everyday lives, where we are working or we are caring for people or where, whatever we're doing. Often we are not aware of spirits interaction around us and. It's a time around Christmas when we are thinking more about that particular person or persons that we are aware of that particular person that we might smell their perfume, we might be aware of their presence, we might feel personality traits around us. And, and what tends to happen is I think the connection is easier around this time because also as well as for a lot of people there's, a, there's more time off. We think about those, those people. I know certainly my family there was a tradition that Certainly on Christmas week, uh, you'd visit the graves of, of families and leave flowers for Christmas. And it sounds a bit ridiculous in a way that you're leaving Christmas flowers for somebody who passed away 10, 15 years ago. But I suppose it comes back to like that old uh, veneration of the dead. And at Christmas, it's another veneration of the dead. Um, Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol, the ghost of Christmas past, Christmas uh, present and Christmas future. There's obviously the theme of death running through the whole of that. Uh, at Christmas, it's easier to connect with with people just because you're in that mind frame. Um, you're not thinking about particular timescales of a work of a work or uh, of work or jobs or anything like that. Instead, you are actually thinking about the people 
uh, that you have lost. Yeah, there is that, and then there's the there's the feel good factor is with is towards other people, you know, uh, work colleagues, people that you just pass uh, every day in the uh, in the uh, shops. Then generally, there's a good feel factor, and I think that that also helps because it relaxes the mind. It makes us feel very very grateful for what we do have, and more sorry for for what what we deem as people being less fortunate than us. So there's an outpouring of feeling. There can be an outpouring of grief, but it's a it's more of an outpouring of feeling of um, you know linked into the you know to the uh, ghosts of the past and present and future you know i want to change my ways i want to be a better person i want to be a better person than i was in the year past so i think i feel that is very very central to the theme of christmas to be honest yeah absolutely and um, and certainly christmas eve used to be known as a, a very spooky time and and hence why charles dickens christmas carol happens on christmas eve because it was associated with the dead and i do suggest to people out there that on christmas eve you do light the candle and not to tie in with any Christian veneration, but to actually light a candle for hope and for light and to bring uh, hope and light to people around the world, also for the people who have passed uh, as a veneration. Light a candle and just say thanks and thank you. And while the candle's burning, think about the amount of light we could bring into this world and positivity for the future as well. That's a lovely word that, Martin. And, uh, you know, in if people are able to, you know, then I do feel it would be of benefit to the world and benefit to that person as well. Yeah, well, you imagine everybody's thoughts and consciousness towards lighting a candle and thinking about positivity in the world. And that can only be a good thing. Certainly from my side, I, and, and I know you share similar views, is, is that we are connected consciously. If we can all raise our positivity, then we might start doing more good things than bad things. And, and I don't mean you personally, Ian. <laughs> so. <laughs> I know, you know, I could be a little bit of a little bit of a cynic around uh, Christmas, but certainly the spirituality aspect is absolutely beautiful this uh, this uh, time of year. Absolutely, yeah, it it is nice, and um, it, I know with with my children when we've been to uh, the Christmas Carol concerts in church, and, and even though I'm not a Christian, you can't help but feel the energy uh, of. Uh, of certainly uh, the words that are spoken and again i'm talking about the words that we look for love you know the hopes and fears of all the years i met in thee tonight and and that particular carol is is something that really resonates with me because it, it suggests that you know all the hopes and and all the fears and the anxiety were sort of met they were hoping for some sort of savior to this and actually what i would argue is the savior is in our, is in all of us is that all of us can be saviors to this world whether on an ecological point of view which is very prevalent at the moment or yeah. just generally being nice definitely um uh, it is change transformation for a lot of people you know say uh, not just within the sort of the new year resolutions or if people make them of course but i think it's it's a period of reflection of what we have seeing the love of seeing and feeling the love around us and then wanting to make a difference you know so i feel 2019 uh, is going to be off the back of Christmas, really, you know, where in the in the fact I do feel the spirituality, particularly around April, uh, is going to be governed from this time of year. I totally agree with you. I I think from spirit and as spirit's talking to me now that they that there is a turning point in April. So maybe there is a big worldly change or announcement that that certainly does waken up 
uh, spirituality as a whole after that period. It might be a scientific, uh, I certainly feel science is involved. I just wanted to say I was very much aware of it not being anything to do with a cataclysm or anything. It's, uh, no. it, it's certainly linked to global consciousness, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Again, we, we have to look at the positive aspects and, um, and so, so Christmas is, is again, often associated to ghosts and spirits and it's interesting that we do start thinking about it. And I, have you ever done any ghost hunts around Christmas? I I remember two for me, uh, one was Bisham Abbey and one was Dudley. Done Dudley a couple of times around the uh, Christmas uh, Christmas period and um, around the Gallage of Justice as well. I feel uh, people. Uh, it's like um, Halloween in a in a sense. People are uh, you know wanting that veil to be ever so thin, and they sort of think I'm going to see a ghost after you know around every single corner. Um, so I just feel there's a there's a fascination with it. There's a oh my goodness, it's going to be uh, real, and I do feel people's heightened conscious consciousness in the in the fact that they firmly believe that you know the fabric wears thinner uh, the fabric being between this world and uh, the uh, spirit world and we see here and feel more so from that point of view there's always it seems to me to be more active but i feel that people partly add to that to be honest my favorite ghost hunts that took place at, uh, at christmas was um, dudley castle and dudley castle's on top of a very tall hill overlooking the West Midlands. And I think it was about the 21st of December. Quite a nice night, it was quite warm. And uh, surprisingly for December, we went on a ghost tour, which was very good uh, as we walked round. Um, The uh, jackass penguins, which sound like donkeys, scared half of the people. Well, you can imagine in in a very alien sort of uh, habitat, uh, you've got jackdaw uh, penguins uh, yammering on at you and um, and then we went back to do the vigils and I always remember this for the final vigil we got everybody back into uh, at the undercroft and uh, it was a bit quiet but it began to feel really cold and, and it was really quite serene and quiet and cold and, and we had a little bit of activity nothing amazing and I said to everybody I said well thank you very much I hope you all have a a good Christmas and as I opened the door outside and there was about three foot uh, sorry three inches of snow outside and it wasn't it wasn't at all predicted it wasn't you know we weren't expecting it or anything like that but just to see Dudley Castle underneath uh, a fresh coat of snow was absolutely magical it was it was amazing everybody came out went oh oh wow this is amazing (laughs) Castle looks brilliant as it is. It looks very easy, very eerie in the moonlight, but yeah. in the snow, it's, oh, it's beautiful. Honestly, and it was just something amazing. It, it looked incredible, and uh, and it was a good night. We had a, a good Christmas dinner, and uh, the activity was okay. And uh, but what really summed it up was um, walking out in the snow. It was it, it just made Christmas, and I remember that one. And I, and I remember Bisham Abbey. And did you ever yeah. get to do Bisham Abbey? I did. I've uh, I've been there three uh, three maybe four times I think. But it's absolutely beautiful place. You know the feelings from it are awesome. Particularly the the upper rooms to the right hand side back of the building are, are beautiful. You know, oh, it, it was incredible. And uh, I and I remember at Christmas that 
we we were there and, and the big main hall which is medieval and it's even got a viewpoint where henry the eighth used to overlook the hall when he used to stay there and this particular night the security guard was leaving uh, sorry not the security guard it was the night manager was leaving and uh, said would you like to go and have a look at the haunted room bisham Abbey is very famous for this ghost story which you could easily fairly discredit but the story all hinges on this top room where this child was made to do their uh, their work, uh, their um, homework, and 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 this was back in the 1500s, and that, and he actually died in that room. And they took us up to this top room, and just before the night manager put the key in, there was an almighty bang on the door, and I said, "You're messing around, aren't you?" And they went, "No, I'm really not. Can I give you the key to open it?" So I thought, "It's setting, setting me up here." I opened the door, and as I opened it, it was an absolute empty room. There was nothing in it. It was just absolutely plain. It, it was, and I said, "I said, well, what could have caused that bang?" And we tried to work it out. We tried to work out if the front door was open, would it slam? If we, we tried all sorts of things, honestly, and we could not do it. And it was definitely a bang from inside the room. So whether that ghost story is true or not doesn't really uh, resonate with me i'm not interested in that we did definitely hear some sort of physical activity that night and it, and, and again it just happened to happen at christmas and yeah. and, and it, we were only about three foot away and, and something internal definitely banged on the door it, it wasn't like um, a door slam or anything like that. it was like somebody really hit it with uh, the palm of their hand it was a very interesting uh, uh, remember slam. that time we did middleton, middleton hall uh, and we're in the back museum room i think it was um and that was very much around uh, christmas time and positive it was we, uh, we we'd all got in into that room because it was the biggest of the rooms apart from the main hall um and i'm sure you were you were you were there because we had uh, footsteps approaching the door along the corridor that that is outside the room that we were in and we all heard the footsteps and we heard the door opening or you know being turned and yet you open the door and there's nobody there you know, it was we did. Do you know, I, I do remember that. And if I remember correctly, Ian, actually, I, um, we heard a noise outside. Yeah. So I actually had the door open. I'm sure we had the door open. So everybody oh, was yes. there. At, at one point, we uh, we uh, we did because we were questioning whether it was the staff there, weren't we? Yeah. And and actually, there was a guy with me because uh, we were near the door. And we and everybody heard the footsteps walk down that long corridor. We heard a door uh, sound, and I think it might have been yourself who said, "Do you think it's the staff, Martin?" And yes. exactly at that same time, uh, from the opposite side of the yard, we saw the two members of staff come out of their private lodgings. <laughs> so it was like, it's one that we do check, isn't it, to rule things yeah. out? But it's ever so real, you know, when you're not, uh, you know, you're not thinking, "Oh, we're going to have this happen." It, you know, it's a, it's, it's a world of its own, really, isn't it? Well, the good thing is, is we, I mean, there was people stood next to me, so they saw the staff members come out. So 100% we knew we were in that building by ourselves. Um, I mean, this was sort of two o'clock in the morning. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it, I, I mean, Middleton, again, is, is a, an amazing place. And Middleton, I'm talking, we're talking about Middleton Hall uh, near Tamworth, uh, not, not the one in Manchester, but Middleton Hall, was part Elizabethan, part Georgian, and just an incredible building and well worth visiting. If they ever have an open day, 
get yourself there because it's Norman, it's Elizabethan, it's Georgian, an incredible venue. Um, I wouldn't say it was ever the most active place, but we did continually have really very strange incidents happening there, and especially around Christmas, uh, strangely. Yeah, yeah it is. It's a beautiful place. Um, just moving on slightly, for, for Christmas, I asked Father Christmas to that I wanted DNA testing. I don't know if you've ever heard of these, Ian, but what you can do is you can have your DNA tested. Yeah. And what you have to do is you, you wipe a, a, uh, either wipe a swab in your mouth or you send your saliva off to a, a laboratory. And I think that's where Santa's elves then get onto, <laughs> onto your DNA. Um, but what happens is uh, the one I've, I've chosen, uh, which is called 1, 2, 3 and me, and I think that's 123 chromosomes or something. And what they do is they tell you uh, with apparently 98% accuracy uh, where your family was from over the last 200 years and what their, where, their, where their genes came from as well. And also they talk about um, that, that they're also able to tell you what traits I have from uh, Neanderthal. So that's going to be interesting as well. Um, apparently, and uh, anybody who's listening to this, if you sneeze when you have dark chocolate, that is a throwback from when, you was a, uh, when we was Neanderthal. Um, it's apparently how they used to react to it or, and it's, it's, one particular gene that's come all the way back from those many thousands of years. So oh, wow. I wanted, I, I thought we could do a bit of a test with spirit and see what the, what spirit feel is going to come back. Obviously spirit have more information than what we do. <laughs> Just so people know my, my sort of background is, um, yeah, my family's background is very, very uh, British orientated. Um, uh, that I, my family traces back to Cumbria and also um, Northumbria. And strangely, both sets of family were blacksmiths. So if I had to put a bet on this, and I am a betting man, <laughs> I, I would say it's literally going to say that all my genes have just come from Britain and nowhere else. Um, but I have inklings, but um, Ian, what do you feel? Well, um, I do feel here, please, and bear in mind, obviously, people my uh, people migrate over, over time. I don't feel, however, there's any Celt there, do you know what I mean? So I do feel it's, you know, it's very British, British, Roman or whatever, but for some reason I'm getting uh, Kent, Hastings, and I do feel you're looking at southern France. You know, that's, that, 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 is, that is my feeling there, to be honest. My inkling is maybe this is a past life thing or maybe or, or something. But I, I do feel that I, I have a link with the Irish. Now, with the Irish, uh, apparently there's links with Spain. So I, I would, I, okay, yeah. if there was something like 4% Spanish stroke Irish, then... Then I wouldn't be surprised. I'd, I'd feel, I'd feel that that was actually right. So I do feel that there will be some Irish, that sort of feeling. So I, I kind of think it'll be something like eighty percent British and five percent uh, Spanish, and then uh, another fifteen percent Australian. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so. 
Has he got those? Uh, <laughs> no, just making them up. I'm just making it. No, but seriously, I, I think it'll break down into English versus Irish. Yeah. I asked my guide and I asked her what, I said, could you give me an idea of where I come from? After some very cryptic uh, uh, replies, um, again, it kind of represented a, that I have a Mediterranean background or that sort of south of France, Italy, Sicily, that sort of thing. I certainly don't have any family that comes from there. So if it is there, then similar to you, I think, I think that's come direct from spirit. So in the next program, when I have my DNA tests, as long as they're not incredibly surprising and <laughs> I'm, I'm Laplandic or something, <laughs> Um, yeah, um, we'll review them. We'll definitely review them for everybody. Yeah, to see, to see how it goes, it'll be very uh, interesting. You know, I think I've got a big, uh, I think I've got a, quite a big mix, to be perfectly honest, with the mind to be, you know, where I do feel, you know, where, because uh, I'm, I'm Welsh born, my father's Irish, so there's a lot of Celt there, but I get the, I get this, I get the sense as well, it probably goes, um, you know, maybe over to again southern southern England. You know, I feel. Ah, right. Well, it's it's interesting because I, I mean, obviously, you've got an Irish name, Doherty, but um, but sort of Wales. I mean, they are the sort of um, last remnants of uh, of the English. Uh, well, not I don't want to say English. The the Anglo's or uh, the early um, tribes of Britain. Obviously, they went into two areas, were driven into Wales, and driven into Scotland. Um, so yeah, you'll, you'll have to do it sometime, Ian, and it'll be interesting. Will, yeah. we'll, we'll have to we'll have to test you as well and um, we'll see what spirit says. But uh, yeah, I can imagine that yours would be very uh, sort of wholly Welsh and and, and Irish as well. I, I think that kind of uh, draws to end our podcast. We will say the results in the next podcast, by the way, everybody. And also as well is if you have any idea from spirit um, or you have any sensations or feelings of uh, where my ancestors could come from, please uh, leave a message on our Facebook or or anything like that. I'd be interested to hear what you say. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to talk about, Ian, before we go? No, just to uh, just to wish people a very good time at this time of year. Um, if you're with family, if you can't get with family, then you know send your send your thoughts out to your loved ones, uh, spirit side. And as Martin was saying, if you've got the time, try to sit down. You don't have to have a real candle. It does help. Uh, you know, it focuses. And then just send out love to that world. You know, it, whether you feel daft or doing it, it really doesn't matter. It's the, it's, it's the intent of wanting things better. Uh, and I wish you well. Really lovely sentiments, Ian. I'll totally back that up. I, I doubt we'll do another podcast before the new year, but um, I'd like anybody who's given us support over this last year, people like Marion and all the people who have shared our podcast and who've liked it, who've reviewed it, who've uh, just listened to it and subscribed. We thank you very much. Uh, we will be back next year. Uh, we do have some interesting developments that we're doing to the podcast. We uh, Shall we shall we announce it now, Ian, do you think that we'll... Yes, of course. Yeah, we, we are also uh, going to be having some special guests uh, coming in onto the podcast. So we have uh, an interesting guest for January, something very completely different to what we do normally. We think it's about expanding horizons and it's about listening to other people 
because it's all right having a blink of view, but it's nice to get other people's senses and ideas about the spiritual world as well. Have a great Christmas. Please give time for yourself and also the world. And uh, we'll see you in the new year. Yeah, bye-bye. Thank you.